Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of OSI Today, the podcast featuring news and views from around the Office of Special Investigations. I'm Wayne Amon from OSI Public Affairs, and I'm pleased to be joined today by the 17th Command Chief Master Sergeant of OSI, Chief Master Sergeant Greg Gow. Chief, uh, welcome aboard. It's so great to finally get you on your first podcast. Thank you, Mr. Amon. It's great to be here. Uh, now, before we uh, get into the, the, the questions that we had uh, gone through uh, prior to uh, uh, hitting the record button, um, let me ask you this. Uh, as the, uh, the, the new command chief for OSI, have you gotten, to the, uh, gotten used to being called command chief yet, or is it still something that has to sink in a little bit for you? It's still, it's still sinking in. It's uh, hard to believe that I've been bestowed the honor to get to, get to this position and represent the good men and women of uh, OSI. Well, I'm sure uh, it was uh, no no uh, uh, fluke that you were selected because obviously uh, you've had a, a very stellar career within uh, the command. And uh, of your 26 years of uh, service, more than 20 have been uh, with the Office of Special Investigations. Uh, now, you were, for our newer listeners, uh, you were named to the command chief position back in uh, January of 2021, and you've occupied the command chief's position since May of 21. Now, my first question to you, chief, is how has your big picture perspective of OSI changed, if at all, since you became the command chief? Well, thank you for the question. And I can really say that... Um... My perspective hasn't changed a whole lot, uh, really, of the command, uh-huh. uh, because growing up, you know, I've got to see the evolutions that the command has taken, and especially, you know, the last two years sitting at the Icon Center of really seeing, you know, being at the center of the command, really, uh, seeing everything, the crossroads of everything coming in and everything happening. Right, right. Um, really kind of getting to see where all of our folks are making efforts and making the Air Force and Space Force better, uh, you know, keeping accountability, serving justice, um, defending our nation. Right. And so moving into this job, that, that job really just helped me just keep that perspective and going on, um, you know, what we've got going on and the challenges and the, and the threats that we face and yeah. And where the general is trying to take us to get after the OSI we need. Yeah, it really must uh, be, uh, I guess it would be, uh, would it be safe to say it's kind of a little a daunting position to take over because uh, uh, you're looking at so many things that happen in such a, uh, uh, so many moving parts within the OSI. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I, I believe my previous assignment has really prepared me for this is because, you know, there's so much going on in the Icon Center. Yeah. Um, but coming up here is knowing the different parts and the different contributions that we have so many people that make up the command that make this as successful as we are. Right. Now, the Icon Center, for those uh, new to OSI, just listening maybe for the first time, Chief, uh, is it safe to say that's kind of like the nerve center of OSI, uh, uh, kind of a, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better term, kind of a catch-all about what, everything that's going on within the command, which is obviously a, a global operation? A- absolutely, yes. Uh, you know, as I stated before, kind of the crossroads, as you said, the nerve center, anything operational really happening in OSI, will somehow go through or touch the icon center. Right, right. Now, uh, as the command chief, uh, your your bio states that you're the senior advisor to the commander on any and all matters relating to more than 3,400 enlisted officer and civilian airmen within the command. Now, the question on that is, 
How do you envision building on the level of personnel excellence that you inherited from your predecessors in the uh, command chief chair? Oh, so yeah, it's some big shoes to fill for sure. Um, you know, and I can't, I can't go any further without giving thanks to Chief Fern Flint and the, the stuff that she has done to, to set the foundation and take care of our force. Uh, and even her predecessors have always just made sure that we place airmen first mm -hmm. and take care of our weapon system, which are, are our airmen. Right. So, you know, my, my big effort is to continue to build on that foundation and just be deliberate in um, placing those resiliency programs, uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. De deliberate in our training and deliberately developing our entire force for the future and just build on what my predecessors have put in front of me. Right, right. Well, obviously, it's a, it's a big shoes to fill from your predecessor standpoint, obviously. Uh, um, but I, I'm sure uh, you re really accepted the challenge uh, with, your, with your feet running on the ground, as it were. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, again, graciously, uh, Chief Burn Flint uh, kind of helped me come in and, and open the doors to a lot of the stuff that she was working on. So that helped me uh, as soon as day one, get the hit the ground running, making sure we keep these programs moving forward, onboard the new positions we need to get, uh, onboard it to help uh, get after the force that we need. Right. Now, Chief, uh, back in August of 2019, OSI established Operation Developing Our 300, or DO 300 for short. Uh, and that was designed to ultimately change the culture of the command to a more connected, communicative, and trusted family. Now, again, for our first-time listeners, first off, what's the significance of that title, DO-300? What is it, exactly does that mean, and what does that stand for? Yes, sir. Well, as you know, you know, DO-300 comes from a couple of sources. Um, well, first off, you know, the, three, the 300, the OSI 300, was coined by General Goldfein, the, the 21st chief of staff of the Air Force at the time, when he would refer to his OSI team, uh, he'd ask how his 300 are doing or the impact that his 300 have. Right. And it really was because it was, you know, the 300 it was uh, referring to the Spartan force, you know, first really known as their, you know, small group of warriors mm -hmm. and their stand against the Persian uh, army in Thermopylae. Right. Um, so, you know, and then, and then incorporating on that, uh, we took away is that the, the strengths of the Spartans, and one of the strengths of the Spartans um, was not only their fighting ability and their cohesion as a team, but was, is also their shields, which were designed uh -huh. to cover not only themselves and their blind spots, but the warriors next to them. Right. And right. so really the DO 300 is that ability to not only protect ourselves and take care of ourselves, but it's to take care of our wingmen and uh -huh. our airmen next to us. Uh -huh. and, and, and as you said, is building that, um, that underlying connectedness and that communication to have a trusted environment where we can all take care of each other and thrive. Well, as you mentioned, uh, you know, a smaller unit like OSI protecting uh, the larger family, if you will, of uh, like, you know, the Department of the Air Force. Uh, I guess that uh, really speaks a lot to the, uh, uh, you know, the, the caliber of people that uh, belong to, uh, you know, the, and participate in our DO 300 programs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we recruit and we bring in the, some phenomenal people. So, you know, we owe it to each other and we owe it to ourselves to take care of these great airmen. 
Right. Now, uh, uh, prior to uh, us sitting down today, you had uh, earlier grouped values, communication, diversity and inclusion, and resiliency as part of furthering the DO300 initiative. Could you kind of please explain uh, for our listeners, Chief, how they individually and collectively do that? How do they enhance that DO300 initiative? Absolutely. Thank you again for the question. I think, I think this is very important. Um, it, it is, if you really look at it, if you look at those programs, the, the, the resiliency piece in our DO300, um, understanding our diversity plus inclusion, uh, it really boils down to values because uh-huh. values are the essence of who we are. Um, it connects us to others who have shared values. It connects us to our organization when we believe in the organizational values and what the organization does. Right. Uh, and, it, and it keeps us connected. And in order to connect, we need to understand who each other are and what our values are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so understanding these values and being able to communicate and enhancing that ability to communicate uh, more effectively makes us more resilient as a team and makes us a better functioning team because we can connect at that level. Uh-huh. Um, and so this is what's important to us in, in DO 300 is to understand each other, understanding what we value and what's important right. as well as our brings that diversity and inclusion to the, the forefront is because again, it's what we value and why that's important to our purpose and, uh-huh. and getting after what our mission is is and, and strengthens our mission effectiveness. Chief, it sounds like the DO300 initiative then uh, kind of is like a, a, uh, a funneling agent for all of those things, the values, the, the comms, the diversity, inclusion, and the resiliency. Is that kind of a fair statement to make? It, it absolutely can be. I, I believe that these are, everything that we do is foundational to our success. And uh-huh. so we have to embrace DO300 uh, and, and if we do that, you, then we're taking care of our folks. We're ensuring their resiliency. Plus, the, we're valuing the diversity that they bring to us and, and, and to make us more mission effective. It, it, it uh, brings us together as a team, as a family. Right. And, and therefore, we take care of the people. They take care of the mission. Right, right. Well, there's that word again, family. Uh, we've heard it from, uh, you know, leadership from, uh, you know, Brigadier General Bullard, the commander uh, on down the ranks. Uh, uh, OSI is considered a family. And we hear that so much from uh, folks uh, in the field that they uh, uh, really appreciate, uh, you know, when the family uh, helps them uh, uh, in their daily uh, lives as OSI special agents or, or pro staffers or, or anything like that. So it's, uh, it is kind of a, kind of a, uh, you know, a family affair, if you will, in OSI. Absolutely. Yeah. No matter where you go, it's, it's, uh, you know, you mentioned that you're part of OSI or you've been part of OSI. There's not a, a teammate or family member that won't step up and, and help you out. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, let's uh, put on our uh, uh, looking forward hats a little bit, shall we, Chief, uh, as far as looking forward to the, the future of uh, the Office of Special Investigations. Uh, when COVID-19 is finally behind us, and hopefully that'll be sooner than later, uh, what lessons do you envision the OSI family, there's that family word again, what, uh, what lessons do you the, uh, envision the OSI family learning from being able to adapt to and overcome the pandemic? No, absolutely. I think there's a lot of things that we have learned. Um, it, it forced us to really think of things in new ways. Um, you know, just how we're communicating today, we've adopted new technologies to, right, to get right. after the job and get the job done. Uh-huh. 
we've realized that we can be effective from anywhere and we don't need to be tied to a specific location uh, to accomplish the mission. Right. Um, we found new ways to get be flexible and get after the job. So what I really hope is we continue to embrace these things, um, that we, we find ways that we can continue to be productive and not necessarily be tied behind a specific office or specific desk. Sure. Um, but, I, but I do want to say, too, is that, you know, I think we do value the connectedness that, that we need. And so we need to embrace some of the old and bring it in with the new. Uh Um, and take the best of pre-pandemic and uh, the best of what we learned during the pandemic. And, you know, we're, I think the terminology that's being used out in industry is the hybrid model. Right, right. Racing these and the way we operate in the future. Uh Um, In times where we need to come together and then times where maybe we don't need to come together and and still be mission effective. Right. Now, uh, on the topic of uh, environments, uh, you know, coming out of the environment of, uh, you know, the pandemic, uh, the complexity of our global environment, uh, Chief, seems to be changing pretty much as rapidly as technology is. I mean, I'm, I'm always being approached by uh, my uh, cell phone provider saying, hey, you want to get to the next level of cell phone and things like that. So um, uh, so my question to you on that, Chief, is uh, what way or ways must our command adapt to become the OSI we need, uh, as outlined uh, by OSI leadership. Absolutely. Again, another great question. I and I think this kind of dovetails out of just a little bit of what I talked about. With, right. You know, lessons learned from the pandemic is uh, embracing those new technologies, uh, continuing to think of ways that we can be more effective and do things differently. Um, we we are in the midst of our Air Force is going through it. Um, you know, our nation is going through it is reprioritizing what we need to get after. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so I really believe that first and foremost is we've got to get into the right mindset and that's every airman. And it doesn't matter if you're their personnelist, uh, you know, sitting here in RKB, you know, our security professionals out in PJ, right. our logistic, uh, logisticians, you know, um, you know, to our agents and our, you know, our analytical or intelligence specialist core. Sure. We need to understand what our nation needs from us, um, which is, you know, spilled out in the national uh, defense strategy and the national security strategy. Right. We need to understand what our Air Force and Space Force need from us. And then we need to we need to be able to adapt and transition in several mission areas uh, to get after that. And mm-hmm. some of that might be leaving things behind that we used to do uh-huh. uh, and being comfortable with that change. And right. Well, some uh, people, chief, I was going to say, Chief, excuse me for interrupting, but again, you know, some people, you know, are hesitant to change. Uh, mm-hmm. So in that light, uh, what would you tell those folks that uh, change is not necessarily a bad thing, right? No, absolutely not. You know, and, and sometimes change is a necessity. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, it's a little bit of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> Good and, way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, getting out of those comfort zones and, and embracing the change that, that we're just going to need to do. And some of this is also is, is, you know, the, the aspect of failing uh, forward uh-huh. is as long as we're trying to advance for the right cause and the right reason and taking, you know, appropriate risk right. in areas where we may say, we're going to stop doing this because this is where we need to focus on. 
uh -huh. uh, in this new area. And so um, all of these things are concepts that we're going to need to embrace to be effective in the future. Right. So I guess, uh, again, would it be safe to say, Chief, then, you know, don't be afraid to fail if, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're doing things for the right reason, because, uh, you know, you, this way you don't look back and say, well, what if, Why, what, what would have happened if I would have tried? Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay, very good, Chief. Now, uh, uh, development always seems to be a buzzword when uh, organizations are posturing themselves uh, forward down the road. Uh, again, before our discussion, you brought up the uh, quote-unquote purposeful development regarding uh, training. Now, specifically, you touched on the OSI 100 series. Now, uh, for the uninitiated, could you please explain uh, what that particular development is all about? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, you know, we want to get after purposeful development. And I'll tell you, there's a, a, a small team here in, you know, RKB in the Russell Knox building at headquarters that has right. come up with, they come up, they came up with the first iteration of OSI 100. Okay. And what that is, is it's, um, it is an orientation to the command. It allows all new employees that are hired on military and civilian alike, uh, agent, non-agent, uh -huh. uh, to get an orientation to who we are as OSI and, and the different uh, belly buttons that they can push. Right. And, and so we're going to take that. We're going to grow, grow that. And so that different phases throughout our folks time in the organization and at the different levels that they're at. Mm -hmm. We can deliver these professional courses to orientate them to what what we're about as an organization. Okay. And so we'll have the OSI development series, um, the OSI 100 series, that will go everything from orientation to coming into the command, right. to what region or function that you support, all the way up to our senior leaders when they make, um, you know, GS15. Right. Uh, e906 right. that they understand the enterprise level of the command and what they need to be thinking about in their new roles uh, as senior leaders for OSI. Well, it seems like all this is uh, very well tailored, as you just mentioned, Chief, uh, to be kind of a gradual, a continual learning process. Uh, would that be fair to say? Absolutely. Um, and this is just one aspect of getting after that purposeful development, um, you know, is understanding the organization as you go through, mm -hmm. as well as um, delivering purposeful training for the jobs that we're asking you to do. Right. Uh, and, and also uh, incorporating the Air Force's pieces with PME and delivering that uh -huh. in, the, in the different uh, courses at the right time uh, for your career development um, as, as related to the service itself. Right, so it's uh, it's good for the uh, it's good for the uh, OSI members now as well as uh, later. Absolutely, yes, sir. Very good. Now, uh, Chief, you've uh, been a proponent of lifelong learning, uh, an active duty force that's expeditionary, and a total force that's uh, that has to be agile and flexible. Now, how will that combination of factors get OSI to where it needs to be for itself and the Department of the Air Force? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I believe. Um, in lifelong learning and, and being able to understand your environment and being under, you know, know, know your history and don't repeat it um, right. <laughs> and, and understanding what's changing. And, and as we've talked throughout this session, 
um, you know, the, yeah, the environment is rapidly changing and everything around us is moving very quickly and we're going to have to be agile and adaptive to uh -huh. this environment. What we knew yesterday is not going to be relevant to tomorrow. Um, right. You know, the, the threats we face today from nation states are different than the faces that we that we faced, um, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, when, you know, after 9-11. And who knows what we're going to be facing 20 years uh, down the road also. Yeah. Well, you know, who knows what we're going to be facing tomorrow? I mean, yeah, just true, within true. six months, we've seen yeah. things shift from cyber attacks mm -hmm. to uh, extremism and um, insurrection right. to, you know, personal uh, uh, family violence, you know, sexual yeah. assault, yeah. Right. right back to, um, you know, the you know, the, the high end fight. So, right, um, right. yeah, so it's the environment con continues to change and we're going to have to be able to rapidly adjust to those threats and, and to get yeah. after that fight. Right. Well, very well said chief. Uh, now chief, before we wrap things up today, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? The floor is yours, as they say. No, absolutely. So first off, thank you very much for this opportunity, um, you know, to, to talk with you and to speak to the command. Uh, or, you know, the folks that are out there, um, we have a command of tremendous people, uh, right. and it is my absolute privilege and honor to serve uh, the command and serve the people in this command. Uh, the bottom line is, uh, you know, one is I want to take care of you uh, and do the best we can do for you. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also want to know how I can help, how I can help you. And, and so we have a couple of vehicles to do that, and either through the employee suggestion program. Um, or ask a chief. Um, both of them are available on my SharePoint site. Um, but I want to know how we can get after giving everyone in this command the tools they need uh, to be the OSI we need in the future. Chief, one last final question. Uh, uh, put on your recruiter hat for a little bit. To anybody who uh, may be listening to uh, this podcast, OSI Today, for the first time and is interested from what you've been talking about, about uh, maybe trying to join uh, up with the command, uh, what would you say to uh, possible uh, new recruits for the command? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so not, you know, a lot of people think that we, we just need agents, but and we do. We're looking for civilian and, and active duty um, military personnel to be agents. But we also need our, our professional staff and our mission support staff, uh, yeah. you know, from, um, you know, intelligence specialists to uh, logisticians to, uh, you know, um, cyber operators and, yeah. you know, communications, you name it. Uh, there's a lot of people that go into making this thing work. Oh, yeah. So if you're absolutely interested, you know, most of our stuff is pushed out there through USA Jobs or or on the Equal Plus assignments. Right. Uh, doing more to push our recruiting out there. Uh, right. Go talk to a local detachment, and and we'll definitely get you set up to to reach out to our recruiting teams and, yeah. and get connected if you're and, interested. And of course, our website. We can also reach our recruiting folks uh, through our website as well, which is another uh, uh, platform that uh, people can take full advantage of. Chief Gao, uh, always a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Uh, great to have you on your first podcast. And uh, uh, our guest has been the Office of Special Investigations Command Chief Master Sergeant Greg Gao. Chief, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, uh, hope to see you uh, down the road sometime. Thank you, sir, and I hope to see you soon. 
And thanks to all of you for listening, for tuning in. For OSI Today, I'm Wayne Amon saying so long for now.